Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we look at skin cancer rates in Australia, why it's so common, and what we've done to reduce it. Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa Di Grazia. And welcome back to another episode of Australia Explained. We'd like to start, as always, by acknowledging that we're recording this podcast on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. Hello. How are you? As you can tell, (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I've half lost my voice, but you're going to have to pull through with me. I guess it's like a little bit husky. It's like a different Vanessa today. Yeah, I'm sure some people will love the husky vibe. We are back. (laughs) 2021. Let's go. We're back with a great impression with this voice. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly our quality is going to be increasing in 2021. Um, But we are back. We're glad. We had a few weeks off just to refresh and rejuvenate. Now we're ready to get stuck back into it. Um, 2020 was a big one for us and the rest of the world, but we started this podcast um, and then within 10 weeks we ended up 26th in Australia for education podcasts, which we thought was a good feat. What do you think? For sure. Um, my mum said, oh, is there 26 educational podcasts? Like, were you last? But I saw on another podcast they came 52nd, so it's actually an achievement. <laughs> yeah, we, we're, we're moving up in the world, I yeah, reckon. we're slowly getting there. Um, yeah, we've had a good little break. Um, just been seeing a lot of our country, a lot of our state. It's been really nice. Um, we also think that it was probably a good idea to have a couple of weeks off. Gave some people a chance to catch up on past episodes and um, really take a breather to think about where we wanted to go with this podcast for this year. So that's been really nice too. Yeah, and that's something we might do a bit often. We might go for periods where we might take two weeks off, just refresh all the episodes we've had and also give everyone an opportunity to catch up. I feel like towards the end of the year last year as well, we all get a bit hectic, life gets busy and so um, we might give everyone the opportunity to catch up every once in a while. And ourselves the opportunity to. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been travelling all over Australia, um, which has been lovely to see. I've been spending some good old quality time at the beach, which is actually quite a good segue into our topic for today because we're going to be looking at skin cancer rates in Australia. I think um, we are literally in the middle of summer and the week in which we were recording this or the day that we are recording this, it is scorching 36 degrees. Um, And I think everyone would know that Aussie summer is almost synonymous with sunburn and I'm sure at one point during our lives, we've all said, oh, you know, our sun is, it's just so different. Something about Australian sun. I've, I'm sure I've said that a thousand times. I can contest to it being hot because I'm in my room and I don't have an air con and it's boiling. <laughs> but you're definitely right about the Aussie sun. Um, when you travel overseas, it just doesn't feel the same in like its heat and its intensity. Mm. and um, I began this summer with a really bad sunburn like a complete idiot, so this episode comes with absolutely no judgment, just a desire to educate ourselves and educate all of us um, on what we need to do to live in this country and stay sun safe. Um, 
So with the our Aussie sun comes the danger of UV exposure and worst case scenario, striking rates of skin cancer, which I'm sure we all know. So since we're smack bang in the middle of Aussie summer, why not become public health experts for the day and look at Australia's response to skin cancer? Let's go. Sorry, Tanya, give me some of the stats regarding skin cancer in Australia. Yeah, starting with the basics, we'll go through the stats. So skin cancer is very, very common in Australia. It accounts for 80% of all cancer diagnoses per year. So four in five people diagnosed with cancer per year will have some form of skin cancer, which is crazy to think about. Um, there are, of course, different types. There's basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, but the most dangerous form and probably the one which will sound most familiar to us and the rest of our audience is melanoma. So melanoma itself is the third most common cancer in Australia. So breast cancer being first and prostate cancer being second. Um, but really it's the first sort of cancer in that ranking that isn't predominantly assigned to a gender. So melanoma can really affect anyone. Yeah, for sure. So we should all be paying attention. Mm -hmm. Um, Australia has some of the highest rates of skin cancer in the entire world, which this stat actually shocked me a bit, 11 times higher than the worldwide average. Yeah. That's a big number. Um, It's expected that um, melanoma diagnosis, uh, it's expected that a new melanoma diagnosis comes every half hour in Australia, which doesn't include um, the basal cell carcinoma or the squamous cell carcinoma. So it would be much more frequent if you had the stats for all of these cancers together. Um, Melanoma is the most common cancer for those aged 15 to 39. So it affects a huge range of our population, especially people listening to this podcast, people our age that kind of think we're invincible, don't think about cancer most of the time, I would say. Um, And for these reasons, melanoma is often labelled as Australia's national cancer. Yeah, and some of the stats to support that, men are 15 to 20 times more like, sorry, 20% more likely to be diagnosed with melanoma than women. And this may be due to um, men are more likely to work outdoors um, or take partake in outdoor activity as well, which is associated with prolonged UV exposure. Um, Australians aged over 60 have the highest proportion of skin cancer rates, but like we noted before, it is increasingly common in our own age group, 15 to 39, and um, this is particularly important later on down the track as well. Our exposure to UV in our early childhood um, will determine a lot of our um, risk factor to skin cancer later on in life. But a surprising statistic because unlike so many other diseases and illnesses in Australia, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are less likely to be diagnosed with melanoma than non-Indigenous Australians. So between 2005 and 2009, only 84 cases of melanoma were diagnosed in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. On the point of men being more likely to get skin cancer, I just did a live Google because I had to have some facts before I brought this up. But men are also um, 30% more, 31% more likely not to use sunscreen, which brings up an interesting conversation about um, gender roles. And I think that there might be a kind of thing that it's girly to use sunscreen, which is completely ridiculous. But I'm sure that um, everyone's come across men in their lives that think that, you know, they're too invincible to wear it. Just an interesting point. Yeah, and also um, men using health promoting behaviours as well. Um, there's a lot of evidence into that men are more less likely to show health promoting behaviours than women too. Yeah, which is super interesting. 
Um, but back to what you were saying about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander skin cancer rates, um, there are a few reasons for that statistic um, that we'll touch on later, but note that the data relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health can be a little bit patchy for all the reasons that typically disadvantage these communities. You know, there's lack of access to healthcare and facilities. Um, they live often in super remote areas, for example. And a 2016 report into skin cancer found that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander data could only be considered of sufficient quality in five out of eight states and territories, and also highlighted that 40% of melanoma cases between 2005 and 2009 did not state Indigenous status. So this potentially means there's really large gaps in that data. Yeah, which we should always be weary about because it might not be an accurate reflection. And... Just finally, some of the risk factors that may increase your chance of developing skin cancer. So the Cancer Council states that 95% of melanomas are caused by UV exposure, which is the most obvious one. A very interesting statistic, one in eight adults and one in five teenagers will get a sunburn on any average summer weekend. And we shared something really similar to this um, on our Instagram story a few weeks ago, which is which is why we were sort of inspired to do this episode. Um, and sunburn is obviously an indication of excessive exposure to UV radiation. Um, and this is really, really alarming considering that Childhood plays a major role in the chance of developing skin cancer later on in life. So one in five teenagers is very alarming. Um, but it also goes hand in hand with, I think, tanning culture in Australia and the notion of, you know, a healthy tan or a healthy glow. Um, I'm sure we all want to sit outside and, you know, get a tan, but um, tanning itself is a sign that we've been exposed to UV radiation too long that it's now damaging our skin. Yeah, there's also that belief that tanning and sitting in the sun is good for, you know, getting your vitamin D when really just 15 minutes of UV exposure will do that trick for your daily vitamin D dose. Um, Tanning culture is a massive issue in Australia, mainly why solariums and tanning beds were outlawed in 2015, which we'll talk more about later. Um, I'm sure we've all experienced the grapple of tanning culture as young Aussies. Um, There was a really interesting... Really interesting work done by the Shameless podcast a couple of years ago. Um, it was called I Pledge. It was a campaign to be more sun smart and kind of go against tanning culture and um, opt to you know fake tan and do all these kinds of things, which was a really good one because it's not something I'd even really thought about before, like a, a culture that's bad that we should be looking at. So I really enjoyed that. But even fake tanning in itself still sort of sets the precedent that having that you know, healthy tan or that darker glow is desirable. And so it makes sense why so many people seek a suntan, whether that's fake or or real. Um, But there are a lot of other things that play a factor in, you know, your risk of developing skin cancer. So things like genetics, family history, and your skin type as well. But we'll touch on this soon. Um, But considering UV exposure is extremely avoidable and we can all do massive things to, you know, reduce our risk, um, the greatest risk factor is our own behaviour in the sun. Okay, so we know the stats, but why are they so high in Australia? This is definitely the part of this research that I found the most interesting. So there's actually a few variables here and um, 
some really really amazing ones too so range they range from genetic to geographic cultural racial factors um firstly it's dependent on skin type so people with fair skin are more likely to develop skin cancers than those with darker complexions which may not surprise some people um that's because melanin which produces pigmentation of the skin can be considered a protective factor against uv rays Yeah, and this is why I found this part so interesting because it actually goes back to like human evolution and how um, our early hominoid ancestors, when they started to move into Europe, um, they began to lose their dark pigmented skin and body hair, which were all protective layers against the sun in the more tropical areas, such as, you know, in early Asia and Africa. But we all know when they migrated to Europe, um, our ancestors – you know, in the UK, they, they're not particularly used to being exposed to the sun. You know, they are our colonists. So when they came to Australia, our population inherited a more fair skin tone that really is not suited to the sunnier conditions here in Australia. Yeah, and it helps to explain why Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities are less likely to develop skin cancers than non-Indigenous Australians. They are the original inhabitants of this country. They've evolved with a darker skin type that is perfectly suited to the harsh Australian sun. Um, And a similar trend is seen with most Indigenous inhabitants of countries, particularly in Asia and Melanesian islands. Um, These ancestral communities were constantly exposed to sunlight, so they've retained their protective pigmentation across evolution, hence the rates, lower rates of skin cancer in these groups. And it's so interesting to see how the breakneck speed of migration globally over the past couple hundred of years has completely outpaced um, evolutionary ability and it's gotten to the point where we can't even biologically survive in certain conditions, which is really, really Mm. interesting. Yeah, and like speaking about migration as well, another study found that melanoma is 50% more likely in people who have lived in Australia their whole lives as opposed to those who migrate to Australia as adults. So once again, your place of birth will play a major role here, especially as our migration as of late is dominated by those coming from Asia and Africa who are used to having harsher sun conditions. They have that skin type that is um, completely different to the, you know, typical fair-skinned generational Australian. Yeah, and that could also come into um, that idea of childhood exposure increasing the risk if they move here later in life. Yeah, definitely. Another key reason for the spike in skin cancer cases in Australia may be the differences in UV exposure across the globe. So it's dependent on the country's positioning to the equator. So the closer you are to the equator, the greater exposure to sunlight. Yeah, and there's actually a really interesting trend that highlights this within Australia alone. So there are higher rates of skin cancer in Queensland, which is obviously more northern and closer to the equator than New South Wales. Um, But in turn, New South Wales has higher rates of skin cancer than Melbourne, which is more southern than New South Wales. So you, you can see that skin cancer rates decrease as we move more and more south, you know, away from the equator. We love to complain about the Melbourne cold, but at least it has that benefit. (laughs) (laughs) Another interesting fact that because we're in the Southern Hemisphere, UV radiation is 15% higher than in the Northern Hemisphere. And once again, this region is so fascinating. So countries in the Southern Hemisphere have lower pollution levels and clearer air quality than the countries in the Northern Hemisphere, namely because there's less big cities, um, less big factories, if you think about Asia and Europe and North America versus Africa, Australia and Oceania and South America. Um, Yeah, the countries in Southern Hemisphere have lower population densities than the Northern as well. So it starts this kind of chain reaction. 
lower population density and lower populations in general mean less energy and greenhouse gases to use, less air pollution, and the UV rays are able to be radiated more clearly. So this is probably the only reason that pollution is ever good. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense when you think about it because some of the most heavily populated countries and the most economically active countries like China, India, the US, they're all in the Northern Hemisphere, so where the pollution is so high. Yeah, absolutely. So geographically, Australia is affected by a lot of things. Um, In saying this, though, many people have also looked to blame the ozone layer in Australia for our high rates of skin cancer and why UV rays seem to penetrate down to earth level so easily. I know I was one of these people before this episode. Yeah, and this is like a geography, science, ecology lesson meshed into one. This um, (laughs) We're doing it all. (laughs) I know, this episode is very multifaceted. but just a little bit of a science lesson. So ozone is a naturally occurring gas that can be found in our atmosphere around 15 to 30 kilometers um, above the Earth's surface in a layer called the stratosphere. So stratospheric ozone covers the entire planet um, and is really helpful in terms of this discussion on skin cancer because it helps to absorb the UV radiation from the sun and it lessens its impact on ground level because if you have, you know, direct sunlight from space hitting earth we would probably not be able to survive so stratospheric ozone layer really helps to um, lessen its impact on ground level but with the increased use of greenhouse gases comes damage to this ozone layer and it's commonly referred to as a hole in the ozone layer but it's actually just an area that is significantly thinner than other areas. So since the 1960s, which coincides with the huge boom in these greenhouse gases, the ozone layer in Australia has experienced a 5 to 9% depletion, meaning we are much less protected against UV radiation, and especially due to our outdoor culture too. Yeah, we're more likely to be outside anyway, so that's an alarming sort of fact. Um, as well, where we are... The ozone layer over the two poles of the Earth, so we have the Arctic in the North Pole and the Antarctic in the South Pole, these two areas of the ozone layer dramatically thin in the springtime, so that leads to more dangerous UV exposure too as we are so close to the Antarctic. Yeah, and despite all this, skin cancer rates have not dramatically changed over time. Um, If anything, the increase in skin cancer rates since the 1960s is more of a reflection on better technology, science and screening measures than any change to the ozone. We're just getting checked. We've got better doctors. Um, It's not actually an increased conditions. Yeah, and there was something called the Montreal Protocol, which was established in 1987 to reduce the substances that deplete the ozone layer. And this has shown to be effective. So to bring it all back, no... Our high rates of skin cancer are not just because of the hole in the ozone layer. Um, It's perhaps one factor that where we are placed geographically, we are more affected by UV radiation, but it's not the entirety of the case. It also ignores our accountability and keeping ourselves sun smart. So, interesting point. Yeah, absolutely. So, what has Australia done and what are we currently doing to tackle skin cancer? Yeah, so besides, you know, better treatment and surgery um, for skin cancer, Australia is predominantly active um, in its massive public health and education campaign since the 1980s. So I'm sure we've all heard of Slip Slop Slap with Sid the Seagull, um, which was the original campaign in 1980 to warn against, you know, wearing sunscreen and being sun smart. 
Um, but now that has officially changed to the Sun Smart national campaign. And this takes a more broader approach to sun prote- protection than just wearing sunscreen. So it's about clothing. It's about um, seeking shade. It's about changing our beliefs and values about tanning and things like that. So it's a lot more broad now. And on an anecdotal note, I think um, the Australian culture towards sun smart, being sun smart definitely has changed because if you, anyone older listening to our episode or if anyone wants to talk to their parents, they talk about childhoods of never even considering sunscreen. Whereas nowadays, yes. nowadays sunscreen is definitely the norm and most people will wear it. So that's a really, really positive um, change. And my mum always comments on the amount of sunspots she's now getting because as a child she would spend days and days in the sun um, in, you know, more rural Victoria where it is so harsh. So I think it definitely is a cultural change as well. For sure. And uh, I think coming from immigrant families um, that didn't ever have that need to wear sunscreen back in Europe Mm. also makes a difference for both of our families. Um, another major campaign that some of our listeners may remember was the story of Claire Oliver and her line that no tan is worth dying for. Um, Claire tragically lost her life to melanoma in 2007 after years of solarium tanning and her campaign led the way for the banning of commercial solariums in 2015. Yeah, that was a big feat. I remember that quite vividly, that ban coming along. But as of late, um, the focus of these campaigns has been on cumulative UV exposure from childhood and particularly the first 20 years of life, which genetic testing has shown plays a major role in developing skin cancers later in life. Yeah, and these can be considered pretty effective. So while melanoma rates are increasing, the incidence rates for those under 60 have stabilised and fallen over time. So that's a really positive thing. Yeah, and um, these widespread campaign efforts, which are backed by the government and, and if you're in Victoria, Vic Health as well, um, were almost believed to prevent almost 43,000 cases of skin cancers between 1988 and 2011. So can be considered very effective. Which is a great feat, but we're still requiring massive changes to Australian culture. You know, we have our outdoor lifestyle, our obsession with the beach, um, the youth culture associated with tanning, and there's a lot of work to be done about changing that and getting us even more sun smart than we already are. Yeah, and sometimes cultural change can be the most difficult than, you know, tangible change. How do you change someone's values and beliefs and thoughts towards Um, an issue which are so inherent within ourselves so we definitely still have a long way to go and we will always have a long way to go because um, it's an issue that won't leave Australia anytime soon. Yeah even on a personal level I'll always wear sunscreen and all those kinds of things but I still want to tan and it seems so ridiculous to myself after seeing this whole episode but it's just so embedded. Yeah it's fighting that internal monologue in your head and I guess the expectations you have for your own appearance. This could go into a whole discussion about beauty standards and what we perceive as desirable. It's an endless discussion but um, I think we'll cap it here. (laughs) Yeah the beauty standards thing's been popping up my head this whole time. I'm like we don't have time. (laughs) And now it's time for our recommendations. So Vanessa what have you got for me and our listeners today? So I'm recommending an episode of the Shameless podcast that I mentioned earlier. So they talked to a woman named Natalie Fornasia. She's in her 20s with stage 4 melanoma and she's pushing people to change their relationship with tanning. It's a really beautiful conversation. It's really insightful. It's what began their whole I Pledge campaign. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think the listeners will as well. Yeah. Mine is a more practical one. So I'm including a link to the Australian Melanoma Institute's website. 
Um, and their checklist for assessing your moles using the A, B, C, D, E system, um, the first five letters of the alphabet, so really handy to remember. Um, and I thought this was a good resource because early detection of melanoma and skin cancers is so crucial. Um, and it's a good habit to get into as well. They recommend we should do it every six months. So it doesn't take too long. Just grab a mirror and use the checklist and we should be all good. Okay, everyone. And that's it from us today. We're so happy to be back. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know what you think as per usual. Um, we're always interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I think one of the things I want to do in 2021 is maybe move away from getting caught up and doing too many political episodes and focusing on other um, important parts of being an Aussie like this one. So really enjoyed it. Hope you guys did as well. Um, In the meantime, follow us for more short, sweet and simple Aussie content on Instagram at Australia Explained Pod. We've got all the info and all the links in the show notes for you to check out. See you next week. Bye. Bye.